What's what is for dinner tonight? Oh, tonight we were talking about grilling chicken thighs. Okay. I'm, I'm done with chicken breast, man. When I was a kid, all I wanted was white meat. It's just dark meat only in this house. And just like that, we are back again with another episode of the Mind the Growth podcast. As always, I'm Chris Kinghorn. And I'm Eric Hoffman. Eric, today we have a very, very special guest. We've got Tanasi. I'm not even going to try to go for the last name. I, I was talking with Eric earlier. <laughs> I would, we're giving the breakdown and, and my, my Greek teacher would be really frustrated with me if I even tried and kind of butchered it. So can you help us out a little bit on the last name? <laughs> yeah, you got it. It's Pana Yota Kopolos. Panayota Kopolos. There you go. All right. We're off to Yeah, a, it looks it looks start. more intimidating, I think, than it is. It's like the GIO <laughs> yeah. is like a YO and then everything else is how you read it. Perfect. That's awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> uh, can you tell us a little bit about yourself, kind of who you are, maybe a little bit of the industry that you're in so uh, the listeners can kind of familiarize themselves? Sure, yeah. Born and raised here in Phoenix, I'm 36 years old, I'm married. Uh, for nine years. I have two kids, Sophia and Marco. They're seven and five. We're just back at school here. Grew up playing sports, played basketball in college, and then played a little bit professionally overseas in Greece. And then uh, I'm in financial planning, investment advisory right now and have my own business, Life Managed. And is that is that business a family business or remind me? Because we, uh, we were introduced to you through our friend Alexis and she works with you. And I thought she said you may have worked with a brother or something in my way. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, he's kind of in he's also in, you know, finance and investment. Got he's got his own business. And my parents had a different business. So got it. Cool. So the financial planning business, give us uh, an idea of what that looks like day to day working with what types of clients all over the board or what do you focus on? Yeah, I mean, we're working with kind of two demographics you know, mainly one is this young professional that's, you know, growing their income or has a good income and, and is finally, I guess, want to use the word adulting, you know, they're, <laughs> they're getting married or they're having kids or they're already there and they've, they're making six figures and, and maybe they're done, you know, having too much fun and know that it's time to, to get serious and get their financial affairs organized and, and, and lay a better foundation for the long term. Um, those can be, you know, attorneys or physicians, or it could be employees of companies that are paid in equity, you know, stock option based employees, commercial real estate agents, you know, people that have generally people that have a lot of control over their income or are, have a good, in, a strong income. And then uh, on the other side, kind of the, either a business owner or maybe a, a pre-retiree who is on the tail end has done a a good job accumulating and now just not really quite sure you know they were told to max out their 401k and to to stay the course and now they are trying to figure out do they have enough to to live on the pot that they've built or you know when is it enough how much longer do they have to work what are going to be the tax consequences of when they start living on their income uh on their portfolios and, and that's kind of the other demographic that we serve nice awesome your uh, Eric's got his second one on the way, so uh, we're, you're going to have to help him lean off of his <laughs> Ethereum and crypto I know. Um, addiction and, and dive a little bit more into the markets. Oh wow! Okay, yeah. I mean, <clears throat> hey, depending on when when you started the addiction, no matter what the price is today, you're still okay. <laughs> yeah, he's, I think he's doing all right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's been a few yeah. years. 
<laughs> so how did you get how did you get started in the space originally? Yeah, so I I studied finance and accounting in college. So I always knew I wanted to do something. I didn't know it would be whether it would be kind of on the institutional side, you know, working with pension funds and uh, large endowment funds, things like that uh, on the back end kind of, or more client facing, you know, as they call retail with the actual individual focused on their lives and their planning. And back in 2010, I got started at Wells Fargo Advisors, like in our private wealth management group uh, with the kind of, kind of that financial advisor client facing role. And uh felt more fitting, you know, kind of more of a sales-based, personal relationship-based business rather than more kind of sitting on a computer all day. At Wells Fargo, which which location were you at at the time? I was in the Esplanade on 24th Street in Camelback. Um, It actually used to be like just post-financial crisis. It was was an old Wachovia office uh, that became, you know, with Wells Fargo and... um, that did five years there. Yeah, I had a few friends that were there around the same time. A guy named Jamie Gresick. Are you familiar with him? At, at Wells Fargo. Yeah, yeah. I know it's big. <laughs> so, yeah, the, you no know worries. what's crazy? Yeah, is it's like there's so many different channels too. You can work yeah. on like the private bank or private wealth, or totally. you could be. Yeah, it's uh, always confusing to everyone, but Wells Fargo is one of the biggest Arizona employers. So totally. And so, what was the what was the catalyst that made you say, "Hey, I've reached my peak here and I want to do my own thing. You know, it was kind of a structural thing for me that I just really felt like we were doing things for the bank and it was all based on, you know, we were a publicly traded bank, right? And so at the end of the day, no matter how hard you try, the only thing that matters is earnings per share for the shareholders. And it's tough to be able to always make the best and right decision for the client when, you know, they're dangling a bonus over you that's like, hey, if you do this and this and you hit this metric, you get this payment or, you know, it just it was too convoluted. There was it was written with conflicts, kind of not really a lot of creativity because every person has their own situation and they just shouldn't fit in one box, you know, that was offered by the bank. So. You know, after uh, I realized that pretty quickly, but had like a five-year contract. So it was kind of like, you know, I'll try to play as clean as I can and, and build relationships and know that there's a there's a different future for me uh, after my five years here. Gotcha. And so with your, with Life Managed, do you, I have a twofold question. First, do you have like any particular minimum that you uh, require for clients coming in, like a minimum net worth or something like that? Yeah, uh, good question. We don't, so we, some firms like have a traditional minimum account size, right? Where mm. they won't even want to talk to you if you don't have half a million dollars or $2 million because they get their asset management fee. And if they're charging them a percentage, you know, 1%, 500,000, it's like 5,000 is like the minimum. Um, we, we've tried to eliminate that because we just think there's such an underserved market of people that are craving financial advice and really want a trusted partner and a long-term relationship where they might just need basic guidance and someone to hold them accountable and be objective. And so what we've done is we really look at the, the person or end client and just make sure that it's a good fit based on their ability 
to actually uh, implement advice we'd give them. And normally that comes back to a kind of a basic income because after doing hundreds of budgets and meeting so many families, you know, it's tough. If you're not, if you can't make more than 9,000, it seems to me like 9,000 of after-tax dollars, that's the cutoff that we would be able to at least help someone effectuate change without telling them to, you know, live on rice, beans, and make your own coffee, basically. <laughs> gotcha. That makes sense. Yeah. So yeah. That, that, that makes complete sense as well, too. Question, though. So for, let's take that individual. So let's say they're working up their way to wanting to be able to work with someone like you or, you know, be able to not, not necessarily work with someone like you, but they want to get to that stage where they're investing properly. But maybe they want to start, you know, they're starting slow and they're starting from, quote unquote, the bottom. How do you recommend somebody in that type of situation? You know, what do you, what do you recommend for them to get starting? Is it more so budgeting and saving? Is it putting a little bit here and there away, trying to get to the match of, the, of their employer's 401k? What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, so you're saying, just to confirm I understood you right, is the people like before they get to us? Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah. honestly, I think that the, you know, everyone tries to, you know, there's so much like TikTok and in Instagram and influencers and this idea of passive income and everyone can side hustle and buy a, an apartment building and be financially free by 30. Um, I think to me, it's focusing on like education and career and just knowing you'll get there and just growing your income. You, you just have to grow to the income level to then have the ability. And of course, along the way, you know, I'm not saying if you're 23, you know, don't save a dollar, you know, no matter what, you have to at least take advantage of the employer match, right? Like that's the free money where if you make 50,000 or 80,000, and the employers are going to give you 4% to match you, you know, that's a hundred percent return on your money. You just have to put that in as an expense on the budget and find a way to make it work. And that's kind of the way Absolutely. we look at it. And so with, with the clients that you take on, are you, how are you getting them to come through your doors today? Is it, are you marketing in a certain way? Is it all word of mouth? How have you, how have you grown so far? Yeah, we've looked and seen where our clients have come from. And it is, we've done, you know, some events, really hyper local stuff. We support a couple of like young men's groups in the Valley that focus on children's charity. A lot of word of mouth, you know, we'll get the, the fact that this is a relationship business. So obviously it's helped a lot being born and raised here. So there's a good baseline of people that I know that I could call, have a coffee, a lunch, a happy hour, whatever, and say, hey, this is what we're up to if you need any help or if you know anyone that does. You know, then from there, it's really been a lot of more referral because most of the people that we're serving, they are friends with the people in the same circles where they might be kind of similar phase of life. They're having kids, they bought their house, they've renovated their kitchen, and now now what? You know, and so those are, that's kind of been our biggest growth factors from referrals. And with, with your planning methodology, do you take more of like a holistic approach where you look at all aspects of their life, including whether they need life insurance or uh, investing in IRAs or whatever it may be? Or do you just focus on market investing? How do you view that? Yeah, no, we definitely are uh, really comprehensive. So while we don't, you know, we don't sell life insurance, I think that's kind of another differentiator and attractor is, you know, we all had those friends that went to work at Northwestern Mutual and somehow you landed, that was with, Eric. A, yeah, you landed with a whole life policy that you didn't understand. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> 
you know, so we, we really, uh, while life insurance and disability insurance and all of that's really important and we recognize that it's part of our planning process, we refer that to a partner of ours that has done a lot of good work for us and we don't, we don't take any commissions and so that kind of separates that, but we, we include it in our planning. Same thing with even like property and casualty insurance, you know, we'll ask people, sure. hey, when's the last time you actually had gotten this bid? If it's been two, three, four years, you know, let's do Let's talk to your insurance guy or, hey, I have one that I know is a, you know, able to go and is in a captive broker. Right. So we'll look at, yeah, budgeting, savings, goals, life insurance, P&C insurance. Uh, we'll bring in the estate planning attorney when it, it makes sense. Uh, or give them guidance on, you know, how to avoid the cost of the estate attorney while still having some level of based or baseline organization for their affairs. And then uh, student loan planning. We have, you know, we've 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 learned a lot, and I don't know if I'm willing to say I'm an expert yet, uh, but we have the experts with us that we've done so much of the the public student loan forgiveness program or the income-based repayments and should you refinance, should you do the, the programs and how that impacts long-term wealth accumulation. So I think, you know, managing debt and helping people understand that part of the balance sheet is, is really important for this phase of life, like student loans, credit cards, mortgages versus like, you know, lines of credit and all that and how that ties in just into their full financial plan. Sure. That makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. So quick question. This is pivoting a little bit. And yeah. I know nobody has a crystal ball, but very curious of what your thoughts are on the current state of the market and where you see it going. Oh, man. Loaded uh, question to some extent. Yeah. You know, the the long term, the advice, the general advice is we don't have the crystal ball. We don't know what the market's going to do. And so we've instructed our clients from very, you know, detailed cash flow planning. We never invest monies that we don't have or need. And uh, we know the time horizon. And so we're not worried about those movements, but it's always fun to, you know, BS and figure out what the heck is it going to do, right? I mean, my, my gut feel is that this isn't over yet. Um, I think we still have a lot of structural issues and it's a lot easier to be worried and nervous and bearish on the market than it is to be bullish right now. Uh, but being bearish doesn't work over the long run because like, you know, you look at the odds and the probabilities of success over time. You know, if you invest for 10 years, your probability of losing money is like less than 1% um, as right. long as you're in a diversified portfolio and, you know, you're not all in one stock that blows up. Right. But I, I think, I think that inflation is definitely like everyone was cheering the inflation report, you know, it was lower than what it was expected, but it doesn't mean inflation it was about 5. went 5. away. 6 percent. Yeah, it, <laughs> it, it was fr fractional amount. Yeah, I saw a great, I saw a great, a great Twitter thread, you know, someone and listen, uh, it was like, hey, if you're, it's like if you're 350 pounds and you lost 20 pounds, you know, but you still got a long ways to go if you're trying to get back to the right you know, place to move the needle. And so I think when you look at incomes and inflation and the fact that we still got to keep raising rates and uh, the geopolitical climate, uh, I would be surprised if we stay at new highs. We might touch them, but I think that, I don't know. That's my gut right. instinct. But I'm not, I'm not allowing that to drive my actual personal investments. Sure. I am 
fully invested and every month I put more money into the stock market, regardless of what my crystal ball is. (laughs) Fundamentals, baby. I like it. That's right. It's boring, (laughs) but that's what works, right? Yeah, that's what they say. Sometimes it's a painful lesson trying to do the the opposite but some people not not saying me or chris need to learn the hard way (laughs) testing those failures hey i'm still everyday voo and vti that's kind of my uh (laughs) yeah it's 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 more diversified than that i promise (laughs) no i mean it's it's honestly like it it should be fine and that's where it's, it's funny you know sometimes we really we really like keeping things simple and the reality is is if everyone just did that and remained unemotional, they really don't need someone like me. <laughs> yeah. It's it's the fact that, you know, if you did too much VOO right. and VTI and you lost your job and you didn't have the reserve fund because you were too aggressive and you got into debt, like, you know, but if you're doing the right numbers and you never, ever sell, yeah. you're going to be just fine in 30 years. One of our uh, one of our clips that's done the best. Um, this shit, this had to been four or five months ago. Was me commenting about yeah. just dollar cost averaging in a VOO and BTI every single day. And you don't want to do it to where you've got millions of dollars in it. But if you can get you know tens of thousands, if not a few hundred thousand dollars in that, if you kind of just let that sit there for 10, 15, 20 years, you can focus on a lot of other diversification as well. And I'm not a no financial advice here. This is just me commenting on a podcast. So that's, but it was funny to see that that was one of the the clips that did, that did fairly well. Yeah. Well, I mean, what Warren Buffett, I remember how long ago made that bet, right? With the hedge fund guy saying like, I would just buy the Vanguard 500 and I bet you, you right. know, that I'll outperform you with that. And I'm pretty sure he's winning that bet by a, a lot. <laughs> oh, absolutely. He's winning a lot of bets. Let's just It's not sex, you know. Yeah, sex sells. Exactly. Yeah. Go buy some Coca-Cola. Yeah, for real. <laughs> Dairy Queen, what else? Yeah, all, the, all yeah. that good stuff. So g- going back to, you've mentioned something that reminded me of a Twitter meme that I saw as well. And it just goes to show the emotions are... Are, are just there. We're humans and we can't avoid emotion. So we do need people like you. But I saw this Twitter meme that was basically uh, showing the inflation rate. I think it was in March where it hit 8.5%. And then now, and everyone was freaking out at the time. And now right. it's back down to 8.5% and everyone's relieved. They're taking vacations. It's It's that type of mindset that nobody knows what the heck they're doing. And it's best to just stay the course. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I saw that. Yeah. I mean, I, frankly, I think, you know, that's what we get paid to do, yeah. right? Is there are some people that they're capable of doing that on their own. And those are probably, and, and I feel like everyone has a really strong discipline in some aspect of their life. And then there's other things that they're not right. Like for me, I'm really disciplined with my money. I'm not very disciplined with like nutrition. I have uh, I have someone that's like a coach that helps me with that and yeah. like keeps me accountable, right? Like some people might be really good at the nutrition and really bad at the money. Somewhere in our life, there's always something where you just need a little bit of that behavioral assistance, right? Yeah, that extra little help goes a long way. So with your current business, can you give us an idea of some goals that you have in place? Speaking of, you know... <laughs> sitting down and being being diligent with your life uh what what do you have in your view of what you want the business to look like in a few years 
let's call it three. Yeah, really just from a total, the ability to help as many people as we can and based on, you know, the the bandwidth we have with our current staff and uh, the people that I know I could hire if we need. I think the, the kind of the stretch goal is 100, uh, 100 new people a year to, you know, build, go through the whole comprehensive process and have the long-term relationship with them. I think if we did that, we would knock it out of the park and, and really continue to educate people so that when they're in their 50s and 60s, they're in really, really good shape. Nice. Absolutely. And so quick question. So if we if we take that 100 number, um, is that... Is that based off of a general uh, kind of a general basis of, of what they would be, you know, investing with you, or would you ever take the approach of looking at it more so for assets or you know, dollar amount under management? Is it kind of number of heads? Is it total dollar amount? Is it looked at as a combination of that? Have you kind of associated an average of what each person brings? Just curious how you got to the hundred number. I think it's just more of a relationship, not actual, gotcha. just around number it's like almost eight a month it it ties to the time it takes from us to you know acquire or bring in a new client onboard them get them to do their homework or kind of pre-meeting work then be able to interview them and do our discovery process you know then you know kind of do the next meeting and get through our whole program where it's like a manageable number and uh for us, you know, whether it's assets under management or the relationship, it's all just growth and uh, it, it provides, you know, it's each person that we serve really, really well, we create a new client advocate that brings the next one. So right. for us, it's more about getting the right people in the door. Uh, we've learned a lot about who we really can't serve. So that way we can minimize, you know, bad experiences where, they just shouldn't have hired us to begin with, you know? And so I think we've really, really figured that out. And so it just feels like a good number, you know, 96, I guess, eight a month would be the true goal, rounded up to a hundred. No, and that's the network and the compounding effect too. So it sounds like you guys get a lot of referrals, which is awesome. Yeah. And what we found actually is, you know, my business would be significantly more profitable and act, frankly easier, you know, with that AUM model and, you know, getting someone to come in with 5 million bucks, you know, charging them 1%, like if they went to Morgan Stanley or Merrill Lynch, and I would get 50,000 a year. Instead, with mm-hmm. kind of our, our lower uh, baseline pricing of $1,800 a year, you know, we charge 150 a month, you know, we got to get was that 25, 26 clients. Um, in or, and so think about how much more work that is to get the same revenue. Um, But what we found is that's more rewarding to us. Uh, It's a lot more meaningful to this person to help build something rather than help someone protect it and manage it. Uh, And then what ends up happening is we end up getting that $5 million account because it's one of these people's parents or grandparents that they're talking to them about their great young financial planner and and, uh, you know, we have that going for us is that a lot of, you know, the average age, I think, is like almost 63 years old now of a, the average financial advisor. You know, I'm 36. My our certified financial planner, Ben, is 37. And we got Anthony will be a CFP in November and he's only 27. So we're, we got youth on our side. 
Yeah, absolutely. So, so were those your words or the client's words? The the young, what was it? Young, handsome, intelligent. Was that the adjectives <laughs> that you were bringing up? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> gotcha. All right. Speak. So, speaking of uh, client referrals, asking for a friend, but what would you say would be a a, a fair affiliate fee if you? We're, let's say, on some random podcast, a bunch of people came over <laughs> and, uh, you, you know, you made millions of dollars, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> what would you what would you pay a couple of lads to, to do that for you? <laughs> That's actually really interesting. Maybe we should have another video chat or a meeting. <laughs> All right. Deal. Deal. <laughs> yeah, we do. We have affiliates that we we have some where, you know, there are programs where um you know, one of them, Zoe Financial. I don't know if you've ever seen their ads or come across their stuff. Yeah. Their job is to vet the financial planner because it's so hard for people to know what questions should they ask. Like, how do they know they can trust this person? They need help, but it's a it's an intimidating decision, you know. And so they they pull out. They try to weed out all of the potential conflict, right? So then someone knows, like, all right, do I like this person? They've already they've already filtered. And so we do, we pay them a, uh, a, a, a or we have a revenue share agreement. So if you guys uh, have something like that, we're all ears. Deal. We'll, we'll work something up, <laughs> but putting, putting the work aside. So we're recording this on a Friday for those that don't know. And uh, in my view, we're wrapping up work for the week. So in your life, married two kids, what do you do once you wrapped up for work on a Friday? What is what does a weekend look like for you? What do you do outside of work? Uh, cook and drink. <laughs> lot, lot, lots of red wine, lots of red meat. Um, I love cooking. I grew up in a you know we're we're a big loud Greek family, and pretty much yeah. everything we do revolves around the dinner table. And so that's that's what we're doing. Going tonight, we'll have a sleepover. The cousins, you know, we're lucky. All my family lives right around us, so. Uh, literally the my big fat Greek wedding. I'm just missing the the Greek flag on my garage because my mom yeah. and dad live next door to me. <laughs> nice, nice. Yeah, so yeah. I'm not sure if you're willing to share because I have an interesting anecdote for you. But what's what is for dinner tonight? Oh, tonight we were talking about grilling chicken thighs. Okay, I'm, I'm done with chicken breast, man. When I was a kid, all I wanted was white meat. It's just dark meat only it's, in this house. So, so I have a theory. My my parents were the exact same way. Every time we'd go out, they'd ask for white meat chicken. I don't know who ingrained that into their brain, but ever since I was like 16 years old, the thighs are where it's at. For those who, of you that are listening that don't know this, do not eat <laughs> breast meat chicken. Eat chicken thighs. They're so much better. It's almost impossible to overcook them. Totally. And they're they're constantly delicious and juicy. But uh, that's interesting. And we, as you may or may not know, we're both very into wine as well. So do you have do you have a bottle on on tap for tonight that you're thinking of? You know, like everybody in the world, we went through a big Mayomi phase. It yeah. was just such a like an easy Pinot. I really like the no, it's like the no it's like a brother of Camus. It's a cab and I'm going to think of it right now. Yeah. Um, and then I like uh, the cab like I like the Pine Ridge cab. It's like. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't know. It's like a fifty dollar bottle. It's pretty good for what it Strong. for what it is. But we're not we're not going through crazy crazy wines. Pinot and and Cab and keeping it easy over here. I what about it. you guys? 
Well, so for dinner tonight, the re- part of the reason why I asked is I'm cooking lamb meatballs oh, with nice. uh, with some homemade pitas. I, I have a uh, a pizza oven, one of the uni pizza ovens. I'm okay. not sure if you've seen those. I, I'm on a list so, for one. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I do some pizzas. I do some pitas. Turns out incredible. So we're we're doing that with, with some sides. Not doing the wine because my wife's pregnant. And so we're not we're not drinking right now. And I'm taking a... A vow of solitude with her. <laughs> but, wow, nice. Um, well, congrats. Yeah. Thank you. Appreciate first, it. First one? Second, second. Second. Okay. Yeah. So we have a, a daughter who's a year and a half, and this will be our second. It'll be a boy, and we're excited to have one of each. All right. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. I guess yeah. I uh, I lied about the drinking, too. My wife will be drinking. I'll be pouring. I'm on heavy ibuprofen. I'm recovering from a ACL surgery, actually. Oh, course. wow playing pickup basketball at a church. So uh, a wise person <laughs> once told me, once once you turn 30, you should stop playing basketball and sports like that because you will be injured at some point. And I've, I'm, I'm proof of that. Every time I seem to play, I'll twist an ankle or, you know, hurt a shoulder or something. Yeah. But well, I was, <laughs> it's, I was in a full, it's hard to stay away from. Full arm cast last year with a uh, broken pinky from indoor soccer i opted to play goalie <laughs> so that i wouldn't wow. tear an achilles or an acl and i was the cocky basketball player you know catching it yeah. and outletting it and just one got me and there it is full arm cast for a pinky so I, i'm officially wild. retired <laughs> Start. probably a good idea well eric i'm gonna have to tell uh rana that you were supposed to come over this weekend for a few glasses of oh okay so, rana if you see this episode maybe this will show well, up on uh, you know there, the, uh, there the are exceptions clip, so. that can be made chris let's not get carried away here <laughs> are you going to napa pretty soon or? yeah i am so my my younger brother's turning 30 we're going to napa for a pretty extensive weekend of wine tasting so that'll be my my exception nice that sounds fun. Yeah. So one of the things that stuck out, aside from the financial component on, on your bio, was your history within Phoenix. So I'm fifth generation Phoenician on my mom's side. And I feel like I've heard the name of your family's restaurant before. Can you give us a little a little look into what that is? Yeah. Christo's Restaurant and Alexi's Grill. My dad was in the restaurant business. He opened Christo's when I was born, actually. So 36 years ago. Uh, it's like Seventh Street in Maryland, so between Glendale and Bethany, there in North Central Phoenix area. Mm-hmm. And then Alexi's, he opened it 2001, maybe somewhere around then downtown on Central and Osborne. Uh, yeah, I mean, I feel like it was a staple for a long time down here. Uh, there weren't very many restaurants until about 10 or 15 years ago, and he sold those maybe four years ago now. So one of his part or his partner. Uh, that was operating Alexi's kind of bought the bought the whole thing now. So Michael is carrying the legacy on, and you know, still the same same people cooking and same recipes. So it lives on. Yeah, yeah, love to love to treat you over there, so I can order the right things for you. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Might have to take you up on that one. <laughs> so, so with your dad selling, is that his? retirement or is he itching to to do something else now i know he he wants to do nothing he you know from being in the kitchen and and around the fire for that long and you know yeah, working nighttime. Well, yeah so he's 64 uh just a couple days ago 
and uh, he he likes to think he's you know he's done the miles of like an eighty five year old. So <laughs> that's that's being conservative. Yeah, I've, yeah. I've worked in restaurants myself. It is not for the faint of heart. It's just a lot. <laughs> yeah, a lot of stress. Yeah. It was hard for him to get away. Uh, you know, always something to worry about. So he's feeling good sure. now, chilling. Nice. Yeah. So. Awesome. Uh, kind of going back for a second into the investing world. And for you listeners, this isn't uh, investing advice, but do you, do you focus exclusively on what you recommend to your clients or do you invest in anything outside of traditional markets like real estate, crypto we talked about earlier, uh, anything outside of you know the norm, I guess you would say? Yeah, sure. Uh, yeah, so I invest the same way, you know, as what we recommend our clients, you know, long-term asset allocation, index funds. And uh, I also have my little dabble account. You know, the one thing that we do is we actually tell all our clients, it's just, it's fun. I like it. I like the fast pace and, you know, seeing if you're right. And it's kind of like, you know, instead of gambling, you know, some individual stock trading and, and most of our clients, you tell them set up a little account where you can do that and mess around and get your scratch the itch. But yeah, I do other, other things as well. I, uh, you know, I've got friends that do, you know, multifamily syndication. So I'll be an LP investor in some of those, you know, I dabbled in some, uh, one of my clients was doing, uh, like a cannabis fund, you know, so I will, I'll do alternatives well, but, you know, uh, and we, we actually, you know, clients bring us alternatives opportunities that they have. And I think part of the, the good thing about our fee model is when they bring us something and we're not like on an AUM, we're not conflicted in giving them the advice. You know, if they've got, a couple hundred thousand deposited with us and the way we're earning our fee is by charging their their the asset management fee and they're like hey this real estate deal popped up i need 150k you know you put 10 people in a room i think nine of them would be conflicted in their advice on whether they should do the deal because they're firing themselves right 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 so so we we help clients you know review the terms of their deal or help them understand the risks or the you know, what is the split between the, the general partner and the limited partner and the, you know, what has to go well and what has to go wrong to hit what the, the projected returns are. So I think, um, you know, I like doing alternatives as well, uh, as long nice. as it's, it makes sense. I love the, I love the transparency. It seems like you have with your clients too, and kind of the, it seems like the relationships as well. It's that's, you don't find that as frequently with, with financial planners. So at least I feel like you don't, and that might just be a stigma, but it's really refreshing to see that. Oh, thank you. Yeah, no, it, I think it is a stigma, but I think it's also true a lot of the time. It's just because of how we're paid. Right. I mean, it's right. And it's probably, you know, people focus a lot more on us because this is serious people's monies, but that is probably in every single industry. Right. I mean, I had a, I had an air conditioning repair guy. I have a rental property and I was out of town. It was 115 degrees, you know, and it's like, how do I, I have to trust this person. Yeah, <laughs> but, right. you know, I know some of these service people work on commission. Some are paid hourly. Some are paid on the job. I didn't interview my AC repair guy to see if that capacitor <laughs> That he charged me four hundred and eighty dollars. That you know you could find on Amazon for eighteen dollars. You know, did it really need to be charged? Did it need yeah, to be changed? Right. I don't know, but I know my tenant is 
sweating and I just had to do it. And so it's like you, you look at healthcare services, it's really every every industry, but it seems like we're just a little bit more scrutinized because it's your money, right? No, that, that completely makes sense. Well, this has been this has been awesome, man. We really appreciate it. The the one question that we ask everybody at the end of the podcast, the name of the podcast is Mind the Growth. And I don't don't want to give you too much backstory or context, but we talk with startup founders, with entrepreneurs, with financial planners, uh, talk about crypto, we talk about wine, we talk about watches and really just people's stories and really enjoy great conversations with, the, with great people. And the one question we have for you at the end of this podcast is what does the word growth mean to you? Yeah, it's just advancement, I think, you know, like progress, quality of life. Um, I mean, hopefully if we're all growing, we're growing intellectually, we're becoming more open-minded, we're learning from our mistakes of the past, we're innovating, and globally, everyone's quality of life gets better, because otherwise, what else is the point of all the shit we're doing? <laughs> right. I like it. Yeah. Well said. Maybe well that's said. too utopian. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, that's perfect. That's that's a good one. What, what, do you, what about you guys? I mean, what's the... What's the what's the consensus? I haven't uh, I haven't really ever talk, thought about it in that perspective. So so far, I think most guests have similar answers to you, and I think we would typically agree with that type of mindset. That the reason and Chris said we wouldn't get into details about it, but just just for you, Tanasi, oh, okay. we'll get into, right. we'll get into some detail. <laughs> uh, part of why we started the podcast is for answering that question for us, because we are both at stages in our lives where we are, you know, trying new things. We, we've both had some success at, you know, young ages and we're, we're looking forward to a, a new chapter in our lives professionally and personally, you know, me but more than, more than Chris, maybe from the personal perspective, just cause I'm you know, married, having kids, et cetera. Chris is on the way. Um, but <laughs> I, was, I still got to buy the ring. So yeah, yeah. We're, we're, yeah, but nonetheless, guy for you. yeah, <laughs> perfect. I'm perfect. sure everyone has one. I'm sure everyone has. Yeah, one. I, I got a guy. He's got a guy. <laughs> Hannah, Hannah earmuffs. Yeah, earmuffs. <laughs> but yeah, we, we view the question as, you know, growing both personally and professionally. And like you said, learning from your mistakes and just trying new things, doing your best with what you have. I think the uh, perfectionist mindset is a fallacy that a lot of people have. There's no such thing as perfect, but as long as you're giving your uh, you know, best effort with whatever you're doing, that's, yeah. that's all you can do. And, you know, trying your best not to compare to other people because that is a, a difficult trap to fall into. Yeah. Well, you got to, you know, you got to go get with the Jesuits a little, you know, my trophy yeah. <laughs> education, you got to be open to growth. That's exactly. one of our principles. <laughs> yeah. So are you, are you uh, part of the fire movement or? Uh... Great question. Yeah, I, I'm not. I, I'm uh, familiar. So and could... I, I like the tenets of it, but it's not something that I'm like heavily focused on i'm not in a, a reddit group talking about it every day yeah but that i mean that i think that's the goal for everyone everyone wants to have enough of a, a base to be able to live off of and do whatever you want do with what your you life. like doing yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah so i i think that would be great but um i'm still still enjoying <laughs> working up to that i guess you would say yeah i think i don't remember somebody said it and i thought it was great and so i'm yeah. sorry for who i'm not giving this credit to but i'm stealing it 
Um, it's uh, instead of financial independence, retire early. I think the financial independence, recreational employment. I think I that's a it. think mm-hmm. that's a better. That's a better. You know, do what you yeah, want. Like, look at it. Odds are ninety five percent of your friends have to do something every day. So what do you totally if you're not working, like what are you gonna do all day at thirty five yeah. to forty, you know? Yeah, yeah. And and it's funny you say that because I've also I've talked to friends all the time about I think it is also a generational thing, the the thought of retirement. I mean, for some people that's great, but I'm I'm the curious type and I don't think I'll ever like retire, retire and not do anything. There's always something I'll be up to, something I'm trying to figure out, some business I'm trying to spin up. <laughs> so yeah. well, I foresee that for the rest of my life. But, you know, well, well we're going to build an affiliate marketing company for you. Soon, exactly. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> On our way. One thing I do want to highlight about these. So the growth question, um, I, I think when you ask somebody that question, it really gives you a lot of insight of not only who they are, but a lot of where their, where their mindset is currently focused on. So we've asked it to Eric, how many episodes have we put out? This is, this is like, this will be 28, 29. Yeah. Yeah. So we've asked it to a decent amount of people and depending on who is responding, answers fluctuate. It's traditionally a combination of, you know, there's personal and professional growth, but you, we have had a decent amount of individuals who go straight to growth is sales, growth is revenue, growth is financial success, or it's building this or finish, uh, completing this milestone. So it's, it's a uh, lot of the startup it, founders that have those responses. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, but yeah, it's, it's always good to hear people's thoughts and kind of, I think it gives us a little insight to kind of who they are and, you know, where they're at mentally. So I like it. Cool. Great answer too. Yeah. Well, yeah. It's well, been thanks fun. again. I really, yeah. Really great meeting you guys. Maybe we could spend some more time together offline. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Until next time. Thanks for watching. Click subscribe, like, like it. Like, comment, subscribe. Comment, even if it's negative, <laughs> that actually helps Check out Tanasi's website, <laughs> Life Manage. Is it lifemanage.com? It is, yeah. Thank you. Perfect. Cool. Phoenix, Arizona. So for all of our Phoenix network, which is probably the vast majority of it, check them out. All right. Have a good one. All right. See you guys.